This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. King is moving on. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner. Joey Wagner with me to start things off with a big news day as Kofi Coburn announces he will enter the 2022 NBA draft, ending his three-year legendary Illini career. We're going to talk with Michael Tulip after this as well. Joey, we got so much to talk to about Kofi going pro, reflecting on one of the greatest Illini basketball careers ever, and of course, looking forward to what does life without Kofi look like for Illinois? But I'm just going to give you the floor right away, Joey. Reaction to Kofi Coburn deciding he's going to bet on himself and go pro. I didn't expect it to be my before my first cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, this was coming at some point, right? And NIL made it a conversation even for him to come back this year and really for the last year. I mean, NIL kind of sparked the last year of Kofi and allowed him to make it, you know, feasible to come back in his eyes. But Kofi's whole basketball journey from coming to America, from Jamaica, from going to Illinois, this has been about chasing his dream, right? It's been about betting on himself. Heck, he didn't even, I mean, just picking up the game. He was following his brother, betting that he could do it, right? So all of this kind of makes sense that his next step is to to bet on himself and try the NBA. And we don't know how it's going to work. We just don't. He's not projecting a lot of mock drafts. We'll see how that – these things fluctuate, Jeremy. We know that. It's April 20th right now. I don't know how much they're going to fluctuate in his favor to climb up. But that – you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But that's been his story, to bet on himself, to trust himself, to to take the risk and make it work. And – and it is a risk, and it's inherently a risk anytime anybody goes pro who's not projected in the lottery or, or even in that back end of the first round. It's it's just what it is. It's the NBA draft is two rounds, man. There's not a lot of space there uh, to take every really good college player. So you know we'll see how it works, but not surprising. It's, it's some people don't want to be in college at the age of 23. I can't remember. I sure I wasn't. Maybe I was. I don't know. I don't know. Few words. You want to move on, man. You, you want to make that jump. You want to be a professional and go and do those things. Yeah, Joey, I was uh, I was living in a fraternity house my last three years of college, and I had a blast, right? But by my senior year, when there was a bunch, I was hanging around a bunch of 18, 19 year olds. I was like, ah, I think I'm I think I'm done with this. That's why, like, I even imagine like Jacob Grandison at twenty four, like being like, man, do I want to be around a bunch of eighteen and nineteen year olds, or I just want to move on with my life? Almost and, exclusively, right? They're so young. <laughs> it's just it's almost like a different generation. But I don't know, like, if you disagree, like, if you were in Kofi's place and you said, man, I can make you know, 500,000, a million. I don't know. We don't know what the NIL figures would have been for Kofi Coburn, but he, he could have made guaranteed more money. Like today he's guaranteed a lot of money. If you want to come back to college, he's not guaranteed that um, by going pro, but 
What's the downside of Kofi Coburn going pro? A really good overseas contract that's paying him six figures. Uh, the most likely seems like a two-way deal, right? That that pays him annually $500,000. We know that's not guaranteed. Or if he's a second-round pick, Joe, we say some team loves him as just kind of a change-up backup center, like maybe he gets uh, you know, the minimum deal in the NBA, which is a million dollars, and he'd have a chance at his dream. He was going to do this at some point. He decides, man, I can't accomplish anything left in college. Like he basically said that, like in in his statement today, is uh, there's not much more individually he can accomplish in college, and there's not much more he can do for Illinois, right? I, I mean, the picture of Kofi Coburn, I remember him sitting there watching Illinois flounder in Iowa DeSumo's first year and lose to Florida Atlantic, and I think they fell to four and eleven at that point, oh, and God, it was what? like. Man, why would that guy want to come here? Kevin Alley and UConn look pretty good right now. Little did we know what would happen with Kevin Alley and UConn and what would happen with Brad Underwood once he got Kofi Coburn. I mean, the juxtaposition of life before Kofi and life with Kofi couldn't be more stark, right? I mean, you're a bottom half of the Big Ten team without him in the first couple years under Brad Underwood as he builds this thing up. And then Kofi gets here, and he's not the only reason, right? But he's a huge, huge reason of why Illinois basketball is not one of the top programs in the country. And the fact that you got a third year out of him, Joey, uh, was really fortunate. NIL could not have been timed up better for Illinois to do that. And it just prolonged this period of a great run for Illinois basketball. And my big picture thing is him being here for three years and being here for that third year just set you up to where you're now expected to be a great team. And I think that extra year of Kofi Coburn, despite not leading to the NCAA tournament success, but to win a Big Ten championship, to win as many Big Ten games as you did, and to be ranked as long as you were, it just prolonged your relevancy to to where life after Kofi, which is a scary thing, you're set up better now uh, for an extra year, a third year of Kofi Coburn than you were before. And uh, he's one of the all-time greats, right? We, we know he's 12th in scoring, even though he only played three years. He's third in rebounding uh, despite only playing three years. He's one of the most dominating forces we've ever seen in a Illini uniform. And I don't think we're ever going to see an Illini like him again. I, I just the type of player, the four, seven foot, 285, the jovial attitude he had. He's just, it was, he was a joy to watch. And, I think we said throughout his career, like, savor this, right? Savor this because there's probably never going to be another like him. Yeah, something about Andy Bernard saying you wish you know you're in the good old days before they're gone. I mean, that's – and that's the thing. I find myself when we say those big things, like you'll never see another one like him. I find myself – my first reaction is, well, pump the brakes. But then it, it's really true, right? Like if you step back and – and realize it. I mean, it just it feels weird the day he declared he's out of here to say those things. You want to usually let a little bit of that, you know, uh, ruminate. I guess is the word. I don't, I'm not very good with words. Marinate. But you, marinate. There it is. You, you, man, that's good. Uh, you, you want to let a little bit of that happen before you start making those. But Kofi was the guy that you can feel pretty comfortable about making those statements. One physically. I mean, he, yeah. there are not a lot of guys like him physically. It's what helped him be in the conversation we're having right now. And yeah, just everything, he was really good for, for this program, man. This program needed people, and he wasn't the only one, Io, Trent, uh, you know, they needed people to to make it cool to like Illinois again. Yeah. They made it, 
you know, they, they needed people to, to kind of gravitate a fan base and pull them all together that, like, really didn't – I don't say they lost interest. Illinois basketball fans don't lose interest, but that was not the most fun time for in those first couple of Brad Underwood years. And and the, the record with and without Kofi, a lot of that is Kofi, and a lot of it also coincides with Brad's building of this thing back up into a national power. And But, yeah, it's that third year made – especially that third year, just given, you know, now he kind of passes the torch to this guard-heavy class, if you will, uh, to Coleman Hawkins, to R.J. Melendez, to Luke Goody. But it made it more palatable to, to say, okay, he's he's moving on. If you would have said that after his freshman year, remember that was also when Io was, you know, at least entertaining the idea of going pro, you probably would have been nauseous. We thought, Honestly. I mean, I thought Io was gone after his sophomore year. Like, and if it weren't for the pandemic, he probably – would have been right so the fact that you got three years of each of those guys uh just gave brad underwood who deserves a lot of credit for recruiting those guys developing those guys all of it but it just gave brad underwood such a great foundation to turn that into a top 10 recruiting class this year to turn it into 2024 where you have two great recruits already on board it gave you that platform that hey the expectation is Illinois basketball is going to be relevant every year. They're going to be in Big Ten title contention every year. Now, we'll get into the conversation of what it looks like next year, but like the fact that you got three years of those guys is is unbelievable in this day and age, but it could become more realistic now moving forward. I think even the conversation of Kofi potentially coming back for a four-year um, really talked to the power of NIL and even him coming back for a third year, talk to the power of NIL and and how it just gives these guys more options, more palatable options, and gives programs a chance to to keep borderline NBA prospects in their program. Yeah, I mean, Kofi didn't outright say when he – I remember talking to him, remember this at Ubbin, Jeremy, when he announced he was coming back, which was much, much later in the calendar year, a year ago, by the way. We didn't come out and say NIL is the only reason because I, I don't know that only right. uh, is exactly the right word, but NIL was a reason, and and it's changed. I mean, we've seen – I think now that we get into the summer and, like, the two – the football and basketball, you're going to see a lot more people diving into what impact NIL had. And what and what is NIL? Yeah, there was a really good thread. <laughs> I, I'm sure you saw it on Twitter. And yeah. I do agree, you know, it's – Calling it NIL in every instance is probably a stretch, um, but but regardless, the, the end outcome is the same as money in in kids' pockets. Um, so yeah, man, it, it it changed a lot. And Illinois, I think, showed that they've got the pieces in place to be a player to have the, the Illinois Guardians. Kind of, it didn't work, right? I mean, the pitch didn't bring Kofi back for a fourth year, but they made it a conversation. I think those pieces. They, they have a plan. The Guardians have a plan. They clearly have, you know, the interest in being a big player in this. And, you know, we'll see how that all shakes out moving forward. But it's it's changed the game. We know that. That's not – no one's learning that right now on April 20th, 2022, that it's changed the game. It's You know, we'll see how much. But, man, Kofi – I spent a little time this morning just trying to, like – Kofi was awesome here. And, like, it's so much that, like, he had these crazy games. I don't even know what his best game was because it was just like, oh, yeah, ho-hum, another 20 and 10. Had to be Wisconsin, right, this this, this past year. year, 37 and 14. Was that the snow game? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh God, you pulverized him. <laughs> yeah, I mean he had yeah, huge performances yeah. against you know in, in the NCAA tournament stuff, and we'll get into what Illinois how they play, and it could be you know better for them in a certain way uh, without Coburn kind of being this low post fulcrum. Um, but the fact that you had that guy every night was a problem. Like Hunter Dickinson is going to be so happy. Kofi Coburn is moving on. Um, there's just so many players. Like you could go up against Hunter Dickinson, who I think is one of the best players in college basketball. I thought I felt dirty not having him on the All Big Ten first team. I know Illinois fans don't like him, but you don't like him partly because he's good. Uh, you also, you know, he hasn't played very well or hasn't played you uh, all that well. So I understand those things, but like Coburn just completely erased him. Right, just completely erased him when they played. So uh, you won't have that anymore. And it was just such, such a great thing to have um, when you, when you have that player. And uh, he obviously had so much impact on winning. Sixty eight wins the last three years, uh, forty six and fourteen in the Big Ten, and he was just such a huge part of that. And Joey, it's gonna be really interesting to see, you know, how the NBA values him. He's not gonna be a first round pick. Right, I mean, you watch guys like Christian Coloco, who translates more to today's NBA because he's got defensive versatility. For me, it's not the offensive questions with Kofi, because he can dunk. There is there is a space for a guy who can just be a low post, you know, slam at home kind of guy, and he's got some skill on the low post. For me, it's the defensive questions. Can he hedge ball screens? Can can he guard? in an NBA where they are just, I mean, they can take you out to 25 feet and, and they're going to test big men. They're going to attack big men. We saw people do that uh, against Illinois in the college level and sometimes caused him problems. So it's going to be fascinating to see uh, how they value him. But I do think if Kofi improves defensively, I do think there can be a role for him in the NBA with the right team, the right fit. And we've seen how important that is for a guy like Ayo Desumu. But this is an NBA that hasn't valued guys like Kofi Coburn um, that much. And there's not a guys like Kofi Coburn in the NBA. So it's going to be fascinating to see the draft process for him and and if he can latch on. I I do think an NBA team, he'll interview well. Uh, I do think his work ethic... Uh, will do well, but uh, like it's gonna be interesting to see what changes he can make to his game, and and uh, if the NBA does ask him to make any changes. Yeah, and I think in the ESPN article he, he chatted with them before he announced. He acknowledged a lot of those things. He knows he's gonna have to change his body and kind of understands what he needs to do. But I, I'm with you, Jeremy. Defensively, I mean that's everything that this is a concern. Like I. You can ask how people are going to match up against him, and it's it's going to be not quite the stark difference that it was when he was playing in the Big Ten, but he's still going to be a, a problem for people to cover in the NBA. But, yeah, defensively, where does it go? I also don't think – and I know we talked about this earlier – overseas are going to be an option. They're an option for a lot of people, but I I expect him to, to kick the tires on the NBA yeah. for – probably more than a year. I mean, I don't anticipate he just tries it for a year and and whether that ends up on a two-way deal or in the G League and just washes his hands and and plays elsewhere. I mean, this this matters to him. Like, the the NBA matters to Kofi Coburn, and I I think he's going to see that process out. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, it's it's different. He's like 25 years ago. You're not even getting Kofi for a sophomore year. (laughs) I mean, seriously, he's – but it's changed. The NBA's changed, and yeah, I think I think, of, yeah, I think of a guy like Mike Sweetney that went in the first you know lottery 
uh, not that long ago. It feels like to me, it was a half a lifetime ago for me, but uh, a generation ago, Kofi might be a guy that, that gets a first round pick, you know, 40 years ago, he's certainly <laughs> a very high oh. draft pick. Uh, but in today's NBA, he mentioned guys in the ESPN article you're talking about with Jonathan Gavoni, who does a great job. ESPN ranks him 89th in this draft. Now, maybe you can go up a little bit, but how much more are you uh, as the 14th center right now is going to be interesting. But he mentions guys like Steven Adams, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, you know, Adams is a good example, I think, of what he should aspire to be. He's got Adams is a little bit more, you know, quicker uh, than, than what he was. He's a little bit longer coming out known as a defensive force but I do like that he's like hey that that's got to be my role setting screens pick and roll game you know rim runner he's not going to get the ball on the block and you know you know create for himself that much he's got to get his points he's got to get his offense and in different ways so I like it's not surprising because Kofi I think understands like Io what he's got to do to succeed in the NBA but uh, that's a good thing to see that he's not going in there thinking I'm Shaq I think it helps having Io doing like those two are close. I, I think it helps having Io at some point in the process. I'm sure those two, if they haven't already, will talk and and Io knows. I mean, Io sacrificed maybe not sacrificed. I mean, he fit into the role. Let's say that he he knew what role he and those two are are kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of knowing what they need to do on the basketball floor. And and Io knew what his role was, and I think he'll tell Kofi the same. Like, hey fit into what you got to do and maybe it's not going to be what you've done for the last three years it certainly wasn't what I had done for the last three years but playing in the NBA starting NBA games getting a paycheck I'm in the playoffs like that you can't really have a better example than that can you yeah all right Joey let's talk about life after Kofi uh I think there's a lot of Illinois fans I think most Illinois fans are like hey good for you Kofi I also think there is a bit of an excitement for what is a huge reset but I think the lack of NCAA tournament success has got Illinois fans thinking, and, and you know we've thought about it as well, is a more open style, more versatile style going to lead to more success for the long term? So I do think there's an excitement about newness, right? Especially when you have talent coming in. This isn't like you know Darren Williams, D. Brown, James Augustine leave, and it's like, oh, who, who do we have coming up? You have a top 10 recruiting class coming in. You have Coleman Hawkins, who for my money during the last month of the season was the second best player on this team. Uh, and then RJ Melendez, who we've seen, especially late in the season, have flashes of he can be one of those guys who can, who can be the next step. But you do have a huge hole that, that you are uh, you know filling on the interior. And we haven't seen Dane Danger play much college basketball. He's played nine minutes of college basketball, but he's a former top 100 prospect, right? So there's at least an upside there. Um, and then you have all these guards, Sky Clark and Sincere Harris and Jade Nepps coming in, Luke Goody. So you're a much younger team, you're a less experienced team, but they still have a lot of work to do, right? But there is, I think, an excitement, Joey, of you know playing more like the teams you've struggled with, like Houston, um, you know, a, a team that can switch more defensively, uh, a team that can go five out and be really dangerous and open up some driving lanes for guards, maybe have more shooters on the court at the same time. So uh, while I think we got to remember that, if you are really excited about a new era, it's going to be maybe a struggle in December and January. But for the long term, this this could be really interesting to see how this plays out and how Brad Underwood decides to play without Kofi Coburn 
right? This is a scary thing, but it's also an exciting thing to see what Brad Underwood has in store, not only from a roster standpoint, but a style of play standpoint. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, the unknown is exciting. I don't know that I, just in my way of life, am one of those people. Uh, but I, I understand the intrigue, I guess, where you would, exactly those things you talked about, the five out. I'm a person who likes to know where the floor is. Yeah, and if you had Kofi back, you're a top five team in the Big Ten. Now, could Illinois finish 10th next year? Could Illinois finish 4th next year? I don't know. What a gamble. What a gamble. (laughs) Boy, this is going to be something. But, yeah, could your ceiling be higher with with a a quote-unquote modern offense? Yeah. Yeah, your ceiling could also be pretty high with Kofi, and that also comes with a high floor. So it just depends on what kind of fan. I don't know that one way of thinking is right or wrong or better than the other way of thinking. It just depends on how you view your fandom in terms of kind of getting what you know versus, hey, this could be something like you saw with Michigan. Michigan, to me, like makes a lot of sense and parallels here a little bit. Like they had a lot of talented players and it took them a while. Like even in February, it was like, okay, what's what's going on in Ann Arbor? And look where they ended up, which was one more game, but it was one more week. We've talked a million times that week. Go ahead. Yeah, and then the other comp is Iowa. They lose this all-time great player in Luca Garza. And I was thinking, you know, plus C.J. Frederick and Joe Wieskamp. And I'm thinking, man, no way. This is going to be a rebuilding year. I like Keegan Murray. I think he's going to be good. Didn't know he was going to be this good, right? And I don't know if R.J. Melendez can live up to what Keegan Murray did. But they reset. They played a different way, Joey. They played better defensively. Um, you know, the versatility they had to play defensively. And they were still really dangerous offensively. Could they, they could play that five out. And it was really hard for Michigan or some of these teams with, you know, kind of these traditional big men to defend. So I'm sure Brad Underwood's a little bit excited about this. But, you know, we talk about Big Ten finish. I think Illini fans, given what's happened the last three years, given the talent that is coming in, coming in, you know this thing isn't falling off the cliff, right? Yeah. So I think some people are okay with, hey, if, if we just make the tournament, but it's exciting and we're going in with some momentum and we have a different style of play, maybe that's the year you get to the Sweet 16 or even further. But you know long term, this program's still in, in a good position. So a fall off outside of the top five, I don't think it's as concerning because you know you're going to be good, but there's also the upside that maybe this team retooled, playing a different way, could still be a really good team like Iowa surprisingly was last year. Yeah, I'm really interested. I'm sure Brad likes the I, the challenge of reimagining what he wants to do offensively. I'm sure him, Chester, Jeff, and Tim are, are sitting in there and, and trying to figure out what this is going to be. And I would also like to officially usher in the Brad Underwood. No one believes in us. We lost everybody. Chip on the shoulder for these freshmen who are going to learn quickly that Brad can find a chip to put on their shoulder. Because you know that's going to be – he's like, there's talent. There's no doubt in the world there's talent there. And, and we expect them to get into the portal. I know we'll get into that, Jeremy, and, and add some more talent. Uh, I think we'd be foolish not to think that. There's open scholarships. Open scholarships don't sit there forever. Um, so I, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but I, I can already hear, I can already hear, you know, that, that line of thinking, everybody thinks Illinois is falling off. No, we're just, re- you, you can hear it. Which, fine which okay. Let, let's talk about this. Depending on who they add in the portal, um, they're going to be picked seventh, eighth, ninth, 
most likely. So somewhere. understandably too, right? Like yeah. I don't think that's a knock on anybody. And, and again, the portal can change that. I would be but shocked they're, if they're picked in the top five. Yeah, right. And every line will be the same. They lost Kofi Coburn. They lost Andre Corbello. They lost Trent Frazier. Let's, Monte Williams, Alfonso I get why. Yeah. Let's go over the numbers here. They lost 84.5% of their scoring. If Jacob Grandison moves on 85% of your scoring, 81% of your minutes played six of your top seven starters, right? Or six of your top seven minutes guys. Um, and that's that's assuming Jacob Grandison moves on here, which 24 years old. I, I don't know if he'll if he'll come back or not, but 148 of your 165 starts from last year. So that, I don't think that's anyone hating on Illinois or overlooking a, a bunch of freshmen. Maybe some people pick pick them to finish sixth or whatever. Maybe somebody picks them fourth or fifth. I don't know, but you're not going to be picked as a, a Big Ten title contender, um, right? So because you're losing all of that, but doesn't mean anything. Michigan was, you know, picked to finish first. Wisconsin was picked to finish 10th. Iowa was picked to finish, I think, eighth or ninth in the league. Um, but you got talent coming in, but the expectations certainly are lower on the regular season next year. But it's going to be fun to watch a team like this grow. It's kind of like three years ago, right? When, when Iowa was a sophomore, Kofi was a freshman. There's an excitement there because you know you have a high level of talent. Yeah, I agree with that. And they have five guys who have worn an Illinois basketball jersey on their roster that have played in a game. And no offense to them, but one of them is Brandon Lee, who really hadn't logged meaningful minutes. And two of those guys are going to be sophomores and RJ Melendez and Luke Goody. And you have Coleman Hawkins and Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. So it's not like, I mean, this is, you don't want to call it the new era, but you do a little bit want to call it that because this is this is a massive change and it's it just it also speaks a lot jeremy to your point of where brad and his coaching staff have taken this thing like if if we were to, if this were the exact same situation jeremy three years ago four years ago would we be having this conversation where we say hey yeah there'll be there'll be there'll be some growing pains but long term they'll still be okay because that's kind of what we've grown to expect this program to be under Brad Underwood. It's a very weird thing to say. It feels so weird to say. Yeah. And, and it's also to the point that when we read all those preseason projections in five, six months, I don't think any of us are going to look at it and be like, wow, what a what a take. Seventh? Oof. Mm-hmm. What, what? No, man. And every line's going to be the exact same thing you just regurgitated. Not to take anyone away from reading preseason projections, <laughs> but this is what you're going to read about Illinois in six or seven months, I promise you. Yeah, but... Uh... Yeah, I just think there's a level of confidence in what they've been able to do and the roster they've been able to put together. And I think adding Sky Clark certainly adds a lot to that. And then, Joey, of course, they're going to add more here, right? Like, they're going to add more, and it'll be very interesting to see. But I think we know they want to add one more guard, right? And they want to, they're going to have to add some kind of front court option. I don't think they're looking for the next Kofi Coburn because he's not out there. Um, we know they've been interested in Manny Bates from NC State, who is an elite uh, rim protector missed last year uh, due to an injury. He certainly could make sense next to Dane Danger, with Dane Danger, next to Coleman Hawkins. I think a, a stretch for like Ben Vanderplas makes a ton of sense. Now, he's got a lot of great options, but somebody who can initiate offense, play solid defense, rebound, but play next to Dane Danger, play next to Coleman Hawkins. I think that kind of piece makes a lot of sense. I know we're fascinated with Bryce Hopkins as a former in-state guy. Um, 
I think he could work uh, next to Coleman Hawkins. I'm not sure he's a great fit next to Dane Danger because he hasn't shown himself as a, a great shooter yet, but that's certainly a talented piece. And there's going to be more options, right? So I know everyone wants to know who's the next guy, what's the buzz on the next guy. I think that's still got to be playing out. But the one thing I can say with certainty, this is going to be a 20-minute plus a game roll. That's got to be very, very attractive to any kind of front court option that's out there. Yeah, absolutely it will. And, you know, I'm really interested in how they do this because I have long been, well, I should say, for four months I have been on the Coleman Hawkins spurts at the five uh, bus because I love that lineup. I don't know if I'd love it for 25 minutes in a game, but I love what they're able to do there. So I'm just interested in how Brad goes about what they're looking for in that. Because I, I agree with you. I think front court, you, you certainly have to address it because you don't have a lot of proven commodities. And, you know, it looks like Dane Danger has, has done a good job in the last four or five months of kind of reshaping himself. And I, th- I think that's kind of like the only way to exist if you're with Adam Fletcher every day. But. Right, but like, it's can can Illinois count on him playing 25 minutes a game and being good? No. And it, no, no, like you can't. No. Like we would have thought the same about Omar Payne mm-hmm. at this point last year, and they got to add a, another option with Coleman Hawkins, and, and I would put Ty Rogers into that mix as kind of a smaller four, but a, a good college Big Ten four. I'm excited about what they can do there, but there's a lot of versatility, right? I think we know Sky Clark and Jaden Epps are going to play lots of minutes. As a freshman, I think we know they're going to add some kind of guard, veteran guard who can score and defend a little bit. Uh, Maybe a shooter. Yeah, to, to the backcourt. R.J. Melendez can play the two if you need it, and that'd be a long lineup. We know Coleman Hawkins, Ty Rogers will be a big part of this. Luke Goody will play some, you know, if Jacob Grannis is not back, probably just slides into that kind of role. So there's a lot of versatility and there's a lot of competition and maybe you can go a little bit deeper, but uh, they certainly, I think, need to add two pieces. There's three scholarships open right now, assuming Hutcherson and Grandison aren't back. Um, and, and I know Brad Underwood likes to keep that mid-year one available in case of a mid-year option like Dane Danger. So two, two more definitely seems likely. Three more seems a possibility. Yeah, and to your point, 25 minutes in the Big Ten, 25 minutes a game in the Big Ten, That'll play. That's an attractive pitch at, at a place where, you know, you know NIL is there. And, you know, it's this is a, a fan base that is not afraid to, to pour, pour into these guys. So I, I think that's – I'm really curious how they do that. And, I, you know, look, we don't know. Kofi's camp is – and this has been kind of quiet for a little bit. We don't know how long Brad and his coaching staff have really known right. this was the, the play. So we don't know how far along – they are. I mean, we know they're prepared enough that I can't imagine today they woke up this morning and or even last night and like, oh boy, better see what's what's out there in the portal. They're prepared. They, they've if they didn't know for sure, they've at least you. Ha- it's your job to at least yeah. kick the tires and, and evaluate what's out there. And they have been because they've reached out to a lot of these guys. The other and part is. They've probably done some background work of who could enter the portal, right? Like, there's still plenty of days left here where more options. And maybe somebody just saw, hey, Kofi Coburn just left Illinois. I'd like that role. I, I could play in that team for in that league. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Last thing I want to say, Joey, Kofi Coburn was one of the best we've ever covered. Um, not, not just talent-wise, but... As, as somebody that deals with the media, Kofi was always great. He was always energetic about it. Uh, so I just want to give a shout out to him because 
Io is great. He's great. Andre Curbelo is fantastic. But uh, Illinois basketball, we've had some guys that, that have been tough, Demonte Williams being the top one. But uh, Kofi Coburn was always a joy, a joy to cover, man. Yeah, man. He was patient with us. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Those scrums, there are some stupid questions <laughs> thrown out there in every scrum across. They are. That's, that's not – it's just that's part of it. And I, I've asked them. You've asked them. We've all asked them. I mean, that's – that's part of it. But Kofi was patient with us. That understood that that's not the norm. <laughs> you know, it's not a hundred stupid. And he was just funny. It was a good quote. He was honest. Think back to his sophomore year. Io's junior. I guess that was all on Zoom. Maybe that's not the best. Yeah. Zoom stunk. But Kofi's <laughs> freshman year. Io's sophomore year. It was those two, and and Andres Felice was part of that. That was just a good. I think Alan Griffin. Alan yeah. Griffin, if I remember right, was a good quote. Like. I know no one cares. Like they just want to see what's on the basketball court. But for us, good quotes were awesome. And Kofi was was the best. He was reflexive, uh, reflective on things, and he understood. What man? I am really struggling finding the right words this morning. But he, he understood just kind of the big picture of everything. He was a blast. It was truly, truly fun to cover that guy, and almost for more reasons off the court than it was watching him be really good at basketball on the court. All right, Joey Wagner, thank you as always. It's going to be an interesting offseason moving forward, and we'll cover the heck out of it. Thanks, man. See you, man. All right, great stuff with Joey Wagner. Let's talk with Michael Tulip, break down what Illinois basketball will look like post-Kofi Coburn. That's next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, when there's big news, we've got to pull in the big guns. And that's what we did with Michael Tuop, Illini Inquirer basketball analyst, former Illini and Wright State player. Let's just get into it, Mike. Kofi Coburn decides to go pro, ending a three-year run, un- unlike really any other. Um, the way he played, the the success he brought, the impact he had on the program. So just take this wherever you want to go with Kofi Coburn deciding to go pro. Yeah, I, I think anybody would have signed up for a for another year, right? It's another year of a first team All American. I think it certainly raises your floor, at the very least, to to win another Big Ten title. Um, but I think he's certainly earned the right at this point to to decide to choose a new journey and decide to kind of start out on a new path. So uh, certainly don't fault him for that. And I think for the most part, fans understand that too. I think you can when you can look back with perspective and understand all that he's done for the program. And, um, you know, I mentioned it early today. He was a big part of a lot of those wins that you got over these past three years. So um, certainly don't fault him for, for starting a new journey. And uh, he's able to hang two banners 
in his time at Illinois in three years. And regardless of the personal accolades, that's a, that's a success alone right there. So uh, I'm excited to kind of see what's next. Cause I think just bird's eye view, you know, Illinois, not Illinois fan, whatever you are, it's going to be a curious case to see what happens with him and his NBA prospects, because he's kind of the enigma, right? I, you know, how does he fit in? Where does he fit in? Does he fit in? I think seeing that play out over these next couple of years is going to be interesting. What is his path to an NBA role? I think we know he's he's not going to be a star in, in the league. And I like that he kind of admitted that in his story with ESPN. He was talking about Steven Adams and Jonas Valanciunas, two very good players who made a lot of money in the NBA. And I don't know if those are the perfect comps for him, but what is his path to finding a way to stick in the NBA? It's going to be, it's going to be tough, just like it is for anybody. Um, I think ultimately you mentioned Valanciunas, you mentioned Steven Adams. And the first thing, when you think of both those guys, uh, you know, when you think of those, those guys, the first thing doesn't, that comes to your mind isn't scoring. Yep. Um, Valanciunas can do it. You know, he's proven that he, he can do it. Um, you know, he's 17 and 13 last year. So I think if you're Kobe, but here's the other thing. I mean, Valanciunas rebounds at just about a, as high of a level as anybody in the NBA. 13 offensive rebounds the other night against Phoenix and uh, Steven Adams, same type of thing, but you have to, you know, when you're assessing your, your pro prospects, you have to, to really look yourself in the mirror and say, if you take away my ability to score the basketball at the collegiate level, what's the value? Like, where does that come in? And I think that's where certain guys, when you look at, you know, their ability to take that next step into the league. I mean, look at a guy like, and maybe this isn't the best example, but look at Nick Claxton. Uh, and what he's doing for the Brooklyn or for the Brooklyn Nets. And I think ultimately for him, I mean, he was this guy at Georgia that was kind of like ball in your hands, do it all in a sense. And then you get to the NBA and you realize, man, we have Kevin Durant, we have Kyrie Irving, we have all these different guys. So what's my value? Now he became just a run and jump, protect the rim, be good in ball screens. And, and that's the step for Kofi is, are you potent in ball screens? Cause that's a lot of the NBA. Uh, we've talked about it before. This isn't, you know, this isn't Devontae Jones coming off these ball screens anymore. It's Steph Curry. It's Dame Lillard. It's John Morant. It, it's, uh, it's Jordan Poole. Uh, you know, so that's, that's going to be the, the curious case in it all. And I think now you see with the NBA, there's a lot of ways to get there. There's more ways to get there now than there was before. The other side of that is just there's a little bit more longevity with these players. So, less spots but also kind of more ways to eventually get there so um the two-way path i i think the two-way has been one of the the better things that the nba has done over the years particularly with the draft process where you can allow these players to come in and kind of get dip their toes into the water and it's 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 low risk for teams too to not have to to you know spend a first round pick or even a second round pick on some of these players you sign them to a two-way and that's kind of you figuring it out without having to to invest a ton in them, but it's still, you know, for the Malcolm Hills of the world too, it's still good to get that exposure. And I know it's not going to be as COVID prevalent, or at least you hope that it's not. But but like I said, I mean, I think he is a guy that if he works at it, right? If he if he utilizes that work ethic, if he kind of stays the course and understands that it's going to be an uphill battle. He can do it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him wear an NBA jersey in the next five years. Um, he's certainly capable of it. We still, he's still raw in some aspects of his game. But as is right now, it's going to be tough. Like, he has to change some things. He has to get better at some things. And I think he's certainly capable of doing it. 
All right, Mike. So at some point, you're going to have to have life without Kofi. And uh, it hasn't been successful recently without Kofi. First two years of Brad Underwood. Of course, there was a lot of things going on, rebuilding a program. What do you think basketball, the style of play, looks like post-Kofi Coburn, who was the center of everything they did and had to be because of some of his deficiencies, but also because of his strengths? Well, it's going to be different. It's going to be a lot different. Uh, and when I say that, you can play a little bit quicker. Uh, you can play a little bit more around the arc, as I'd say, having you know, having a Dane Danger or Coleman Hawkins, or even if you go and pick someone else up at the portal, um, kind of stepping out into that five-out scenario where you can get more lanes for cutting, more lanes for um, you know for driving. And now, when you bring in a lot of guard talent, especially with this recruiting class, that's great. You know, I look at Sky, I look at Jaden Epps and these guys that can get downhill and, and have that quick twitch. And it's it's nice to be able to have an open lane. Now, I, I don't want to come off like it's, oh, man, he's gone. All right, now we can finally play the way we want. But it's, it is. It's it, it's different. And I think when, when it comes to March and when it comes to simply being game plan for, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a much tougher game plan now to game plan for Illinois. But the flip side of that is, Illinois is going to have to figure some things out too, especially as the season starts. I mean, you can, you can look and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do in the off season. We want this role for this guy, this role for that guy. But then it's on the player to step into that role, not only just in practice, but when the lights come on. And I think it's going to be very similar to, we talked about it, Michigan and some of these teams that lose a big piece like that, the role identification aspect of it, it's going to take time. But we may, you know, you may be sitting in December thinking all right well missing Kofi Coburn yeah (laughs) right yeah you may be sitting in December or January thinking man is this is this the team we thought this was going to be and then February and March they hit their stride just like Michigan did this year so I know Michigan had Hunter Dickinson I know they Diabate they have a lot of talent but I think Illinois is still in a position with the guys coming in with the development of the guys that are there and with needs that you can address in the portal you can certainly be in that position too so uh, now do I think the preseason expectations with Kofi gone and uh, like as is right now, would they be as high as Michigan was last year? And maybe that's part of how we graded Michigan. Um, you know, but all the preseason stuff is kind of BS anyways. Yeah. So you just wait for those things to materialize. So I'm excited to see how they address a lot of this in the portal. Yeah, I mean, there is an excitement, right, of, of something new, uh, of something different, uh, but and also knowing that it could be a little bit more difficult, especially in the early on. Like, I think there's, I think December, maybe even November at Las Vegas, could be really tough for for Illinois when you're playing a really really loaded schedule. But you hope it pays off in, in February, March, and, and to be honest with you, Mike, the next season where you hope everybody basically is coming back from that team. But Brad Underwood is going to add to this team, and, and they have to add a front court piece, right? You're not going to count on Dane Danger for 30 minutes, Coleman Hawkins for 30 minutes. What kind of piece do you expect them to add? Like, or, or pieces do you expect them to add in the portal? Yeah, I think you got to, you got to get somebody with size because um, the reality is, is, as much as you hear great things about Dane Danger, I don't care what his uh, years in school looks like. He's a freshman next year. In, in terms of playing, he's a freshman. So, like, you have to, you know, you're not just simply going to be like, hey, keys to the car, you know, we're going to play you 30, 35 minutes like they did with Kofi. That's just not going to happen. And I think that's and also, you know, something to understand is just, hey, it's, you know, Kofi leaving. We can't just 
it's unfair for to to paint Dane Danger in this light of like next one up, right? Because uh, their games are different. Uh, their games are a lot different. I think you know Dane's a little bit more skilled and um, can do some more things inside out, playing around the arc and pick and roll. But I think you have to go after somebody that you know you don't want to completely go away from having. You don't want to have zero post presence, you know. But you also don't want to have no interior threat to where you're getting into these games and you're just kind of at the mercy of just, Hey, I hope we, hope we make some outside shots. So um, you mentioned Ben Vanderplas. I know, I know he's another guy that's out there in the portal. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of guys that are, that are in that position to where you're like, Oh man, like Joe and I broom. I wish his, his blue blood list that he has, he's cut it down to, I wish Illinois could, could sneak in there. Cause he'd be a really great piece as well. Cause he has that mix where he can step out a little bit, but also he's, He's really solid and, and skilled uh, as a low post threat. So, um, but then there's other areas you have to address too. I think you do need an experienced guard. You have to, whether that's whether that's Allianne or Aline um, from Virginia Tech, uh, I, Courtney Ramey. I know there's been, you know, rumbles about that and Illinois having interest. He'd obviously be a really great piece. And then you just keep monitoring it because. You know, you and I are talking here on Wednesday morning, and by Friday there may be three yeah. more guys that are targets. So um, you keep assessing. I, I do like the fact that Illinois has been patient in that regard, where it's not just, hey, panic, let's go get guys because we need guys. Let things materialize a little bit. You're going to have this guy commit here, commit there, and then this prospect that maybe was thinking about going to this school, things open up a little bit, and, you know, you can kind of sneak in there at the end. So I think playing it patiently is the way to do it because you can string this thing out what probably into into may at least um so there's no reason to to get all uh, i don't know panicky about it if you will uh but i think there are some uh, some needs to address and i would love to to see them add a little bit more shooting because you definitely lose some so whether that's the shooting uh whether that's you know like i said a, a low post threat they can step out and is a little bit more skilled i know that's asking for a lot probably because any guy like that is probably doing something or is not playing college basketball anymore, but there's guys out there that you can mold. And I think with the Kofi plan of bringing him in and developing him, you can kind of do the same with some of these guys out in the portal. Yeah. And, and I think it's gonna be interesting, Mike to, and Brad Underwood's mentioned this as well of if guys come back from the NBA draft and they enter the portal, are, is the NCAA going to give waivers to those guys if they want to transfer and, and are they going to be eligible right away? It's, it's going to be fascinating to watch all of that so uh even even some of those nba draft guys you wonder if they could become available after this and, and what will happen there but I, I think the one thing is given kofi coburn's success given the minutes he played given the success illinois has had i would imagine this is gonna be a pretty attractive opportunity for guys in the portal it, it should be and, and not only that i think that's part of it i think that's part of the i don't say people are content with with kofi moving on but i think at a very minimum it's a use case, right? You know, it's a, it's, Hey, this is what we did. You know, we did, we brought this guy in. He was, he did a hell of a job for us. He was a first team all American and, um, and he's going off to, to pursue his NBA dreams. And I think there's a lot of guys that, that want to be under that template. Right. So um, I think it's a big deal. I, I think you're ultimately in a position where as much as maybe a, transfer would say hey do I want to go to Illinois because they're just going to play through Kofi um, the other side of it is hey you know there's a lot of opportunity there um, that maybe there wouldn't have been if there was a first team All-American and there are some guys that think that way 
that would be like, hey, you know, what does it look like with me fitting in? And then there's some guys that think, hey, man, I, I wish Kofi was there because that means that we have a better chance of, of winning a Big Ten title or whatever it may be. So depends on the kid, depends on what they want out of it. But certainly there's a void to fill, um, not only with the guys that are on this, this team that have to step up, but, you know, if you're a transfer that's looking to come in and make an immediate impact, it's, it's kind of right there for you. Yeah. So, so Mike, what do you think? Uh, what this will look like next year. I mean, Coleman Hawkins, huge role. RJ Melendez, huge role. Freshman guards. I mean, obviously there, there's pieces to add to it, but uh, what, what do you think this is all going to look like next year? Because the hope would be you can be Iowa, right? Like we mentioned Michigan, but Iowa loses Luka Garza, and all of a sudden they play a different way. They, they play more five out. They, they play better defensively. They're more versatile defensively. And they kind of surprise everybody. Um, do you think that could happen with Illinois, or how do you think it looks? Yeah, and, and even with Iowa, that took time. Yeah. Right? That, I mean, that, that took time. It wasn't really until the middle of the conference season that they started to really hit their stride and find that identity. And um, that's going to be the most important thing. I think there's certainly, like we talked about, there's a lot of other ways to play. And even if you have – shooters non-shooters there's ways to combat that and, and like the, the one way that I want to talk about it offensively is you know if you have a guy like a Dane Danger or Coleman Hawkins who if they're viewed as you know although they can step out and hit shots occasionally if they are viewed as a non-shooter to other teams okay then how do we combat that I think the one way that I really like and it's part of the way that that you know the Golden State Warriors utilize Draymond Green in that sense is if you can get a Coleman Hawkins or a Dane Danger who can is at least okay at making a decision, passing the ball, then if you have teams that want to blitz, want a hard hedge or even soft hedge, when you throw back, maybe there's a pick and pop opportunity, great. But if there's not, at least having a guy that can operate in that four on three scenario is huge. And, and it's, it's the reason why the Warriors have so much success because as opposed to just sticking Draymond in the corner, you throw that little short roll to him now he's got the other three guys, the passer and the two guys hedging behind him. Now it's, hey, can you make a four-on-three read? And that's... I throw that's Ty Rogers into that, right? I mean, he's not as good of a shooter as maybe those big guys, but, I mean, you throw him into there, he can drive the lane and dunk on you or pass it out and make a good play. Which is why you can get creative with it. Now, right. if Ty Rogers is playing the, the three or four, they're, they're likely going to switch. But right. let's say, you, you know, Ty Rogers, whatever he is, six 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 seven. I mean, if you want to get real crazy, you throw him in at the five or, you know, even Coleman at the five or whoever. And like Ty Rogers being a five, having a true five guarding him, you know, he's going to have to rebound at a high level. He's going to have to defend at a high level. But offensively, putting him in those short roll scenarios, putting him in those roll scenarios where you're making Ty Rogers make a decision in a four on three. I like that. I like that. But now you have to have guys in that team in those four on threes they're able to make the the reads that are able to flow with the ball. They're able to knock down shots or else it doesn't matter. So that it, it's interesting and it's fun in that sense to where you're like, okay, like what is this going to look like? Cause I don't think anyone knows. Right. And I, I think to a degree, the staff, I mean, I think the staff can lay it all out and have this template, but depending on who steps up in those roles, like I mentioned, they don't know yeah. uh, in, in some regards. And I, I think there's, you know, the unknown can be scary sometimes, but the unknown knowing that you have this first team All-American that leaves and not having it be all doom and gloom. Oh my God, we're screwed. We're going to be in the bottom half of the big 10. Yeah. There isn't that feeling because we've seen over the years that despite departures, they can still find a way to win. And that's a credit to the staff and Brad Underwood and that in the team 
But this is officially, if I'm not mistaken, this, these are officially Brad Underwood's guys. Yeah. Right? For the first time. Um, so, I mean, I think that's that in itself is interesting. And I think maybe it's a, it's a chance for him to get yeah. back to the way that he's historically played. Yeah, not that this wasn't his program before because they only right. had played for him, right? But, no, I agree. It's, it's all guys he handpicked. And, you know, at, after five years – you kind of are recruiting the guys you want, and after winning, you're getting really talented guys. I want to ask you about, because you haven't been on since Sky Clark uh, committed and signed. Um, obviously, he and Jade Nepps, and, and you add Sincere Harris to that, give you a ton of talent, but you have no guards, one or twos, coming back, Mike. What are the challenges that freshman guards will face uh, right away playing against a loaded non-conference schedule, playing in the Big Ten. And what do you think of all those guys and all that talent coming in the backcourt? Well, it's a guards game. We've seen that. Uh, March proved that. And look, for, for Clark and Epps specifically, the, the hurdle is always going to be the physicality. Um, you know, that first summer – as you come in as a freshman, very rarely does someone just hit the ground running and start dominating. You know, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be peaks and valleys like there always is. And, you know, you got to have the right guys that are able to get through that. You know, they're, they're able to kind of take a, you know, a big picture, look at it and say, Hey, this is a process. You know, this is development. Um, you know, I'm sure Sky Clark and a lot of these guys, I mean, you'd be surprised. I had a lot of teammates in my career, who, if you looked at me, I'd be like, that guy probably has no chance of playing in the NBA. And like, they'd come in as a freshman and be like, I want to get to the league, like in one to two years. And you're like, wait, what? So, yeah. you know, being able to have realistic expectations, not only just for the, for the kid himself, but as fans and as, you know, I know coaches do that too. They want to bring guys along and protect them in that sense. But I'm not sure you have that luxury this year. I think with, with Clark and Epps, you got to roll them out there. And regardless, even if you go get another impact guard in the portal because the re, like the reality is one of Clark's and Clark and Epps is going to have to start. I mean, yes. there's no question. I mean, you, you, you think it would be Clark uh, just, just given the size and, and kind of given the, the skill set. Um, but who knows? I, I mean, like no one really knows until they get to campus and obviously sky trying to get back from, from this knee injury as well. I, I think both of them are super talented in the way that they can score at all three levels. That's a huge thing. I think bringing in guys that that can't shoot the ball, that can't score the ball, it just it 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 limits your ability to do so many different things offensively. It limits spacing. So I think with those guys in particular, I, I think there's a massive opportunity for them, and I think they're gonna in a healthy way use that as competition and practice. And I'm really interested to see. I mean, take a look at this. I mean, take a look at this roster right now. Who like who's gonna be the leader? Oh, I don't know. Like it really, it is wide open. And I think if you're Brad Underwood, if you're the staff making that known and just being like, Hey, especially for a guy like Clark and Epps, I get, you're going to be in your own world because it's your first basketball season. But like, we need a leader. Yeah. Like we need a vocal leader. We need a guy that's going to take control. And if you're those freshmen, it, it's a lot to put on your shoulders, right? It's a lot because not only do you have to balance that, but you have to say, Hey, I have to be constantly picking up other guys, making sure the table's set. And at sometimes just kind of forgetting how it's going for you. And, and the more that you can release that and, and kind of just have that view of your team and command that, I think the better it'll be. And then back it up too. Like you can't be barking at guys and not doing those things too. So it's going to be fascinating. I think 
for the coaches too, it's kind of what it kind of makes it fun, right? Yeah, like it's going to be really interesting to see how Coleman Hawkins responds to that because he's kind of like, you know, an energetic leader. Like, an you know, yeah. he he could bring that energy. I don't know if he's going to be the the vocal leader, kind of the guy who does all that. Usually, it's a guard. The guy I think is the most natural vocal leader right now is Luke Goody. <laughs> to be, to be honest with you, uh, but R.J. Melendez in a star role, he seems more soft spoken with us. Um, and I don't know if that how that translates on the court, but I mean, more in a star role. How does he respond? It's it's, it's all fascinating, Mike. That's it's all so new, but in, in a way, pretty exciting because you know there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, and and I think everybody's different, right? You can have the best player. I mean, I, I played with Malcolm Hill for three years, and he wasn't like Malcolm was a leader by what he did every single day. Right. What he did every single day was, you know, he was when when we had a summer. I'll tell this story. When we, my freshman year or my sophomore year, Malcolm's freshman year, he comes in as a freshman that summer and we had a goal to, you know, everybody had to make 20,000 shots that summer. Everybody had to make it. There was a chart in the locker room every single week. You had to make 20,000 shots. And there was a, like, you would walk into the locker room every week and there was, just, you'd see where your bar was at compared to everybody on the team. And obviously from my perspective, I'm like, I got to like blow these dudes out of the water. I'm trying to, I, I mean, I already have enough basically chips stacked against me. I got to just do all these other little things. And I remember after the first week, you know, I, I was on pace to blow it out of the water, right? I had like whatever, 3000 makes or 2,800 makes after the first week. And I go in and check the bar and Malcolm's at 4,500 as a freshman in like his first week. And, and he ended up making more shots that summer, like with those than anyone. And that was what you knew you were going to get out of Malcolm. Now, Malcolm wasn't going to be the guy that was like, get in your face, get on you, vocal leader. That wasn't him. And, and honestly, like, if he, like, when you know that that's not that person, then when they do it, it's like, hey, like, what, what's going on here? So there's other ways to lead. So I look at an RJ Melendez. If you're not going to be the vocal leader, then you got to do those other things. You got to, like, no one's outworking me because that was Malcolm. No one's outworking me. Uh, I'm going to bring this jug of water everywhere I go around because you know I'm going to be hydrated. I, I I take this seriously. I don't I do not do any of this other like off the court stuff. And um, that was how we viewed him. Um, and, and I know at times probably there were people that wanted him to step up and and, and be more of that vocal leader, um, but he more than made up for it in other ways. So RJ, Luke Goody, I mean, there's, there's not one way to be a leader. So I think you can do it in... And, and still be potent at it and still kind of command the team in a way. And there's also teams that do it collectively. So, you know, there, there could be some of that, but like I said, it remains to be seen. Well, Michael Tulip, it's going to be fascinating to watch this moving forward into the off season, uh, basically total reset of the roster. 85% of the minutes uh, are gone. 148 of 165 starts, uh, 85% of the scoring. I think it was 80% of the minutes. Uh, it's, it's going to be a new Illini basketball team, but still could be pretty exciting. Mike, always appreciate the insight. We'll catch up down the line in the off season, man. Sounds good, man. Great stuff from Michael Tulip. Check out all our content at IlliniInquire.com, including my What It Means, 
breaking down Kofi Coburn's departure from the Illini and uh, how they reset. We'll have more, of course, coming up. Potential options in the front court. Uh, we'll break that down all at Illini Inquirer as well. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. And please take 10 seconds out of your day and give us a rating and review. That really, really helps us out. And check us out on YouTube. We've been putting up new content, including our new Daily Dish segment that can give you a little bit of content on YouTube. If you like the video content, you can check that out. It gives you a quick hit of Illinois athletics every day as well. So follow us on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell. Subscribe. Subscribe to us. We appreciate that. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Alana Inquirer podcast.